Well, hello and welcome to the CSED monthly podcast for March 2020. Now, I realise these are really challenging times for many of you and for all of us as we deal with the current coronavirus pandemic. And I hope this podcast will still provide some useful update in these really unusual and challenging times. And, and with us reaching 10,000 listens to our podcasts, you're in very good company. This is a time for us to be communicating more than at any time in history. So let's use these podcasts to good effect if we can. And today I'm going to review two papers exploring the effects of jack inhibition and bone homeostasis and healing from the three papers uploaded to the CSF website this month. Uh, to, to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed, just go to cytokinesignaling.com. The, the slides and the summaries are just fantastic. I, I use them and I, I would urge you to as well. Now, the first paper is from uh, Suzanne Adam and colleagues in Erlangen, in Germany, and it's examining how jack inhibition influences bone homeostasis. Well, the background here, the, the immune modulatory effects of jack inhibition are really well defined, but there's a limited knowledge about how these agents may impact bone at the cellular level. And this is pretty important given that periarticular bone erosions contribute to RA pathogenesis to the clinical syndrome that we have to treat. Now, this study set out to investigate the effects of jack inhibition in three mouse models at steady state in non-inflammatory and inflammatory bone loss. I've always got to think that bone is really quite a dynamic and sensitive tissue. It's responding to the general environment all the time. Uh, the the non-inflammatory bone loss model used mice with osteoporosis induced by removal of the ovaries. The inflammatory model used mice with serum transfer induced arthritis. Osteoclast function was analysed in the presence of ibotofacitinib or baricitinib and their effects on bone formation and degradation were evaluated. Now, in addition, there were human samples treated with tofacitinib studied to detect signs of bone repair. Uh, the, the first major finding in this study was that under steady state conditions, jack inhibition increases tibial bone mass. In the overectomized non-inflammatory osteoporotic model, both TOFA and BARI mitigated bone loss. So that's a favorable effect, if you like. And furthermore, the bone serum ratio of receptor activation of nuclear factor kappa B, most of us think of it as rankle, to osteoprotegerin was significantly reduced, suggesting that jack inhibition has a systemic and this may explain the increased bone mass observations earlier. Now the inflammatory arthritis model, that's an antibody transfer model, uh, bone loss was halted. Jack inhibition drove impressive improvements in grip strength and joint swelling. And the final data set from human osteoclastogenesis assay suggested that jack inhibition doesn't affect osteoclast function. However, observing this effect, the researchers suspected that jack inhibition may instead affect bone forming osteoblasts and indeed both TOFA and baricitinib showed a significant increase in mineralization capability. Now these results suggest that JAK inhibitors, baricitinib and tofacitinib could increase osteoblast function and bone formation. And this might be useful in terms of osteoprotection. Of course, we need to see far more data. These are murine data and exogenous human studies. But in future, JAK inhibitors may be considered as bone active drugs in addition to their established role as immune regulatory molecules. So exciting times, new science at the fore. Well, the second paper I want to highlight looks at the impact of JAK inhibition on bone biology as well, but specifically on the fundamental processes of bone healing. And this is a paper that comes from Timo Gaber and colleagues working in the Charité University in Berlin in Germany. Now, the background to this study, uh, bone fracture is one of the major morbidities for an aging population. Many people suffer from impaired or delayed bone healing. 
obviously degenerative joint diseases, osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. And bone metabolism and healing especially are affected by underlying inflammatory diseases as well as by the treatments that we use such as glucocorticoids or non-steroidal drugs. And as previously noted, the anti-inflammatory effects of JAK inhibition are well documented, but we, we still know a lot less about what these agents are doing in terms of bone regeneration. So in some senses, this is a complementary study to the work from Erlangen. This particular study examined the effect of tofacitinib on bone healing, looking specifically at chondrogenesis, osteogenesis, osteoclastogenesis, and the recruitment of human mesenchymal stromal cells. Analyses were performed in cells isolated from two groups, bone marrow cells from people undergoing total hip replacement and peripheral blood cells from healthy donors. And the experiments were done in reduced oxygen to, to mimic the conditions of the fracture gap. The, the background there, very often when we do routine in vitro cell culture, we culture in normoxic conditions. And of course, that isn't really reproducing what's going on deep inside a tissue. So the first finding was that JAK inhibition depends on both dose and oxygen level. Tofacitinib dose dependently promoted recruitment of human mesenchymal stromal cells under hypoxic conditions, but inhibited recruitment under normoxia. It's a really pivotal observation. And this dose-dependent response was also seen for calcium deposition and osteogenic differentiation. At therapeutically relevant doses, tofacitinib did not inhibit survival or chondrogenic differentiation of human mesenchymal stromal cells, but did reduce osteoclast differentiation and activity. And the key implications here, well, these results suggest that tofacitinib may promote bone formation and reduce bone resorption, which could in part explain the positive impact of tofa on bone erosions in RA that we've seen in pivotal phase three clinical trials. The authors also conclude that tofacitinib may influence bone healing by promoting recruitment of human mesenchymal stromal cells into the hypoxic microenvironment of the fracture gap without interfering with soft callus phase of healing. So these are quite specific to the, the various phases of bone healing, which are, are well characterized and always uh, thought of instead of being a single entity, but as a sequence of events and understanding what drugs do in those different components of the sequence is really important. And one further implication of this is that it, it could mean there's no need to stop tofacitinib in people who sustain a fracture while in treatment. If anything, it might even be advantageous. And, and there may even be positive effects on osteoporosis. And of course, osteoporosis is a problem that we see in many of our patients with inflammatory arthritis. Well, that's the two papers I wanted to highlight this month. Uh, there is another publication covered, uh, authored by uh, Juliana Costanzo, describing a case report of a 43-year-old woman affected by RA who became pregnant during baricitinib treatment. And that's just, a, it's a fascinoma and just gives you that bit of experience when we're thinking about the, the, that scenario that happens not infrequently in people in our clinics. Now, all the content discussed this month is available in a more detailed slide format in the publication section at cytokinesignaling.com. Well, as always, thanks ever so much for your attention, especially at these really challenging times. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. And especially this month, I wish you every good fortune in looking after our patients in these ever so challenging times. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast just in a few weeks' time. Thanks very much for your attention.